0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast episode 71. I am not your host today, but I am Carson Tamar, a normal host of ClapperCast. I wanted to come on here and give a bit of a warning. So today's episode, very special, coming live in person from Venice, Italy for the Venice International Film Festival, the good old Niccolo Grasso and the legendary editor-in-chief Jack Luke Sharp, original host of ClapperCast. He's returning to that role for one show only. Um, And they sat down in person together and talked about all the films they saw at Venice. Um, And they have a lot of really great insights and opinions. But listen, we love Niccolo and Jack. There's nothing that's going to change that. We love both of them with a passion. I I don't really know what happened to the audio on this one. Um, The audio for Jack is okay. The audio for Nick was uh, horrible. You couldn't hear like it was nothing of a silent. So because of that, we've had to boost Nick's audio, so it doesn't necessarily sound good. And I'm literally just here warning you. Maybe don't watch this one with headphones because there's some abrupt loud noises. Um, and if you know, I, I we do apologize here at Clapper. It was the first recording anyone has done in person. Um, so you know, there's that. I also don't really know who decided that chips were gonna be the good idea of who to fi- uh, what to eat during the recording. Um, and there's some traffic. There's some chirping birds. You're really getting the full immersive experience. So please, I do greatly apologize, and everyone here at Clapper, especially probably Nick and Jack. Do apologize for the audio of this episode, but you know what? It's fun still. There's still some really good stuff, and you know we might as well plug. If you are wanting maybe some reviews and thoughts from Venice that sound a little bit cleaner, if you subscribe to our pod or to our Patreon, two dollars a month, we have a series of vlogs, the legendary Niccolo Grasso recorded vlogs for every day of Venice. Um, he brings you along on his journey. Alina's doing the same thing with Tiff right now. So go to patreon.com slash clapperltd. you got exclusive podcasts. You get exclusive stuff, exclusive interviews shortly, uh, probably exclusive writing here down the line. We're really talking about what we can add to the Patreon. So there is more coming. But there is literally like 15 vlogs that will be posted there by the end of this week between Tiff and, you know, um... Uh, Venice, and hopefully London eventually, and AFI Fest. So there's a lot going on. So you might as well subscribe to that if you want to. But enough of me rambling. This is not my episode. I wasn't even originally going to be on here. But I just wanted to address the audio quality of this. So let's go ahead. Let's hear a word for our sponsor for today's episode. And then let's head over to Venice, Italy with Jack and Niccolo.
1: Hello, and welcome to the exclusive Venice Film Festival Clappercast joined today with me is Nicola Grasso. Say, he- oh, say hello Say come on. Get involved. The on character today. Yeah, the Mario. Hey, I'm a this is the first for us because um I think this is the first time in our recording where we're actually together in a, in the yes. same place, enjoying the sun, yes. smoking yes. a cigar, drinking water and and and, and Yeah, and drinking Coke Zero. I think we're going to just go very gentle here and go through the official competition. Now, with a few more extras of what we've seen because there's always a few good, um, few gems, uncut gems, if you will, Jakob. Um, but I think first and foremost, uh, how many films do you think you've seen then this I week w- or this to these 10 days? I think
2: I've, I've I made a list on letterbox of the movies I've watched and ranked them, right? I want to say it's 29, maybe I forgot like one of them
1: because so let's say. Yeah. Because before we before, we'd, uh, before we'd met up in, in Venice, we decided that we would go through like a calendar. Yes. And I think on average, we were trying to see four to five films a day. Yes. Which, which again, like it always feels like um, well, easy to do. But when you get here and then the fucking heat gets you and the weather and then yeah, like me, yeah, you we piss sweat, it's too. just horrible. But we did manage to sort of mock up a schedule, didn't we? And I yeah. think to be fair, we stuck quite well to it but the, but the problem this year and you might might be better than, to to tell them than, than I will but obviously i i didn't come last year and last year was was the height of, well, one of the heights of covid yes. i came i came the year before that and well we we, we uh weirdly it was the first time we, we brought cap uh, clapper up into conversation which is it's kind of crazy now to think about it. it's, it's almost been, two, years, two years yeah yes. two years this month which is fucking crazy um but this show is a bit different and do you want to do you want to go through the merits of box stall here do you want to, do you want to explain to the audience the first the first world problems we faced
2: also, basically the previous years before COVID, you just have to queue up to watch a movie which means if you wanted to see something very anticipated like the joker you'd have to queue up at like 6am for this 8 30am screening and okay. people still didn't get in but thankfully quote-unquote thankfully last year they It's made everything online and you have to book your own tickets for also the the press industry screenings so that you knew where you were sitting down for COVID and everything, blah, blah, blah. And last year, there were very few accredited people. There were a lot of screenings for the same movies. I think you could watch the same. There were like five or six press industry screenings. It has been like,
1: don't you think it's kind of been like that, aside from one or two big hitters? They have shown it the second day at at the Palo Biennale, but they've also scattershot it throughout the day as well. Are you saying to the same extent or do you think it's lesser this year? It's
2: lesser. It's lesser. I remember, for example, last year there was a Stacey Martin movie, Les Amants. There were literally six press industry screenings from 8am to 1pm, plus the premiere, plus the screening for the public the day after. So you, you basically I watched literally everything without a single problem. Meanwhile, this year, <laughs> <laughs> when so people, everyone wanted to watch everything.
1: Well, just, just to clarify as well, last year was 50% less capacity yes
2: but also very very few
1: people actually came here as well yeah. we we were denied request mm-hmm. last year for accreditation due to the uh, 50% less capacity yes, uh, yeah. From... yeah which which is not which is not an issue at all i would i would rather be safe than than, than sorry and and to send someone there even send myself it would it'd be slightly worrying mm-hmm. but this year it is at 50% capacity mm-hmm. but 50% more people are, are accredited so, well, so ultimately, the, the ticket system, which we were told was was seventy was seventy two hours before, it wasn't it? The first
2: three days, you had to book tickets seventy two hours before, and then after it was seventy four hours. Yeah. So, technically, to avoid having people book during the screening, but this actually did lead to people booking during the screening.
1: Well, I mean, for the first the, for the first three days, we did very well with our calendar because we saw everything, but it was chaos when. You have to get up at half six to get to get a seat. Just to clarify to it, we we both received blue badges this year, which last which two years ago wasn't wasn't the same thing. I had an orange badge, you had a green industry badge, which limited both of our not only expectations. I mean, I think I got to see a lot more than I expected to, but you were and, at the bottom of the yeah, yeah, we we were we were in um, we were in scum class, and um, yeah, it, it was interesting this year getting the accreditation badge because you were, I was sat in a room literally for an hour boiling to death. Ultimately for for the likes of like David Jenkins behind me to even like say like, what is going on here? Nobody knew. The lines were chaos. The green pass was chaos. They wouldn't accept anything except for the NHS, um, COVID uh, um, antigen stuff, which I had, which is not a problem. But I'd heard multiple people had to go back to the antigen because they wouldn't take the uh, passport locator forms and the antigen forms. So it was a rocky start accudation. I think it was a rocky start. But 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 to clarify, for the first, let's say for the first two three days, I think we did rather well at getting tickets.
2: Well, that's pretty much everything I wanted at the times I wanted.
1: Right, yeah. I I think also me as well, and I always get like the seats at the back, which are always okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I I think for the for the without going because I think I want to focus on the films. I I think you do as well. But I think we should just clarify that as much as it was painful, the the box thing, it was re- re- relatively well. Plan to a certain degree the problem the problem i have with it is that um the three days before the festival when we were doing the 72 hours were not a problem because we had time to kill yes getting up at half six was a pain in the arse, but every every so often the two hours before we could do it or the, or, you know it was wasn't the issue mm. and then three days into the festival things changed which which were never notified <laughs> to anybody especially myself which i missed spencer which i'm fucked off beyond belief because i got everything else except for spencer but they changed the whole ticket scenario and then then, then there was there was like a vicious rumor going around that the, the tickets only opened up certain areas depending on your badge as well
2: which is actually true Wait, <laughs> like the blue badges had 20 percent access to yeah certain zones, like South We've before the red ones had the rest of the 80 percent and there are more blue badges than red ones
1: yeah so that's I also I I appreciate that. Like, look, if you're running a company and and you want the red badges to get in there, you do your best to get them in. That's not a problem. But the fact of the matter is, it's like, I mean, you'll you'll know before me. I I I can say we both saw like a good amount of films, but yeah. you missed a few bits. of What I caught, I, I missed a few bits that you caught. Mm-hmm. And let's be quite honest, the only reason due to that was because every time we would get there, literally at literally six thirty one, it was done. And to me, that that that's always like slightly. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I, I, wouldn't, I wasn't even put in a queue. I was just that was it. The tickets were gone, no chance, no which, which to me was like was always like really strange. But I know enough of um, me moaning and being miserable. Um, let's talk about some movies. That's what we're here for. Movies and Italian food. Mm. I've been eating uh super madre. Is that how you say it? Mad madre. It's like a it's a dish, like with clams, mussels, and shit like that. Sure. Oh, it's excellent. That's what I've been eating all the time. Nice. You you think you've lost weight. I think I've put it fucking on. Nice. 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 Getting fat. No. Life is worth living. I enjoy. could look like fucking Baron. What do you call it I'm Dune? That's <laughs> Nice. Anyway, let's... Let, let, <laughs> let, let. We're going to do the official competition first, aren't we? Sure, yeah. not like you've suggested that, and I'm just trying to suggest that we're also going to do enough. it. And, uh, and then, yeah. then we'll go on the, uh, the little tidbit. So... What's the first film we've, we've got?
2: Estata la mano di Dio, aka The End of God, yeah. by Paolo Sorrentino. Everyone's favourite Italian filmmaker.
1: So... We were in the, in the same screening for this?
2: We were, and they actually fucked up in the first like five minutes. I remember the movie started, everything goes okay, there's the first scene, it's like, oh, okay, cool movie, and then the aspect ratio changed. <gasps> oh my god, yes! I, I hope the guy got fired from doing that. <laughs> Well, we
1: play don't play do on that.
2: They fired projection is for way less for like mis- like putting the wrong timing on the subtitles and stuff. If you fuck up the aspect ratio for a whole minute
1: that's... is <laughs> at well, the gallows. I mean I think you had a pretty good seat. I was on row 1. It was the best seat in yeah, the, house. Yeah. <laughs> the Yeah. Yeah. So um I I I think uh, I I think I had my neck broken about 20 minutes into the screening. Which was like on a hundred and eighty degree angle. It's um, just a two plus hour. Long yeah, time and it, yeah, it's one hundred and thirty minutes. So it was pleasant. Um, look, I, I think let, let's let's talk a little bit about Sorrentino because he's like Italy, it, it, the Italian golden boy. I didn't know how good how, how not to say good but how sort of assessed he was in this country until you told me. Uh, don't mind me, sorry. There's just a coffin in a car going past. Talking about Sorrentino. Anyway, I mean that might be it. that might be his hopes for the uh, the award. But I I I'd, I'd known of Sorrentino, mm-hmm. but you had to remind me of the films he'd made, which again is like really naive on my part, Don't get me wrong. I like
2: the Great Beauty, the
1: Voloro. Uh, yeah,
2: it's old movies that have done very
1: rather well in. Youth as well. Movies. I think Youth is the one I've seen. Yeah. Uh, this must be the place. Yeah, which it's I've seen, seen as well. Time. Which, is, which is kind of like very strange to know like I've seen a Sorrentino film and that was it
2: it's the black sheep of his film also. yeah
1: very very strange um but let, let's let's get straight into it first and foremost there's a few things I've got to put out here because of skin in the game um i'm english i'm glad everyone knows that this film takes direct <laughs> assessments and, and almost like a, an assassination of a, <laughs> the english football team um, and, and, and in part because of Sorrentino's love for maradona um, yeah, in, 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 in Naples. Naples, yeah, Napoli. Um, I, I don't know anything about Sorrentino. I know his filmmaking. I don't know the person. So to go into this for me was would, would have been drastically different, I imagine, for you.
2: I'm not as, as familiar with him as other...
1: Um, but ha- had you so known you know the context of this story? Yes. Because yeah, I remember yeah right.
2: ...about it even when they started filming it. They did shoot this entirely during the pandemic, which makes it even more impressive in certain <laughs> areas.
1: Right, because... I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that, and I didn't know anything about this film, so I went in blinded. So I treated it just as a drama, not as anything like semi-autobiographical, autobiogra- bio- mm. nothing like that. And I'll be honest, um, there was a, we'll talk about it in, in, in shortly, but there was the first few days where I was genuinely shitting bricks of how terrible the screenings were. The films that were showcased were not necessarily like downright atrocious. But films from people I would have expected so much more from. We'll get into that, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. But this was the first film. Um, and I, this had a double bill. This Was was this the card counter afterwards yes. as well? Yes, so, card counter first. Yeah, this so one. this was at 11. Mm-hmm. Card counter was at half eight. Yeah. So... We, they maybe added context to that, how this was shown, but I had a relatively good screening beforehand. So going into this, right at, at number one, 130 minutes with a film that people had told me about Sorrentino being incredibly self-indulgent, and I'd seen slight bits of that in *Youth*, and and again, this must be the place. But I'd never really um, been massively interested in his in his filmography. I'd seen, I'd wanted to see *Laura*, which is that the, the main uh, well the lead character in that is also plays his. Inspired father in this got film. Every single one yeah, and he's also in a fucking shit ton of films at this film he's festival nice as well. <laughs> he's, he's, I think him and Oscar Isaac are in the race for uh, blood cameos as well. One for
2: the most movies in competition.
1: He bought, like, is it an award? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> is, <laughs> is, is that just a tap on the back? Yes. <laughs> um, but I'll be honest, I was blown away with this. Mm. I thought it was amazing. It's a very interesting type of um, type of film because. The one thing that, that, that could really ruin this is the fact that, A, it has Maradona involved, and yeah. B, it's, feel free, there's just a conversation it. Nick's just pissing around with some crisps so well, well, while I'm, I'm trying to get this back on track. Um, but this is a very, very difficult film with tone, which I thought was very clear from the beginning. And um, he, he opens in this like um, helicopter shot where it's, it's uh-huh. going across the water, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's genuinely like outstanding, this shot. Everything's blue and the, and the helicopter pulls up and we see the whole of Naples. And we follow like a, a certain thing. I won't spoil it because it's a really interesting scene. It's almost like a fantasy, almost, of what's revealed in it. In and in a, in a, in a, the camera pans around and then it leaves its subject and then swirls 360 to look at the other side of Naples. And he does it about five or six times in the film. And every time he used it, it was just brooding. It, it was just so like it was magnetic to watch, and Naples. I, I think we we were allowed to say this is not um, the the biggest sort of city in Italy where it's indulged with money. It's quite a working class town, mm-hmm. and 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 that's reinforced in the fact that Maradona had come to the to the city as well. Which I mean, interesting to find out how he was paid. Um, but I thought I thought the tone throughout the film's very dark. It can be very dark.
2: Does it gets darker as
1: it goes on? But it's very uplifting. Mm-hmm. It's very poignant. I thought it's thematically weighted to almost brilliance. The screenplay is outstanding. The performances are outstanding. The camera work, I think, does never get tiresome. It's always accurately used, and it's always like quite impressionistic. But it got slightly tedious with the swirls he was using, and there's a very much overindulgence here. There's a certain scene where he meets the director, and uh, it feels like it's it's basically him talking to himself or or, or his conscience, which it's I think. A version of the, from the future. Yeah, and 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 yeah. I felt like if you were going to do that, do it on the nose, do that. I mean, I don't think there's an issue with that, but to to do it like two pronged that way, it just felt like it was just rushing up the the running time. Um, but I thought this was extraordinary, and 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 I thought the score was really good as well, and the Maradona thing's not really that present. It's 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 a it's a third party here. Um, and he's not in it, let's say, like, we can, we, I mean, yeah. he's, he's he's in it, but he's not in it, in no it. And, is
2: yeah are hard to do
1: Yeah, that. But, but but that theme lives very, very passionate in this film. Um, and we. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you, you bumped into him as your mate throughout this festival, Mr Sorrentino, wasn't I? You bumped into him, went, hey, Paolo, or Paolo. Paolo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. calling him yeah. Paolo, because he's your mate. Make me your assistant director, please. Yeah. me, the party. But I ran into the kid who plays him and a younger self in the bathroom as well.
2: He keeps playing here at the festival. I think it might win the award tonight. For like best newcomer.
1: I thought he was outstanding. If he wins
2: best newcomer, means no golden lion. I, this one is, everyone's saying this is going to win the golden lion
1: tonight. I, I felt that there was there was a point where he, he he could have turned into just like casual teenage angst. But he didn't. It's very mature. Yeah, very, very well done. Um, it's a good one. It's a
2: good one. I will say it doesn't really lasted that much in my mind like it was one of the first movies we watched which fair enough like through time they're bound to lose some impact yeah. but more so than others we saw in the first few days i loved it back then but i haven't thought about it much since
1: i'm the opposite this might, i think this might be my favorite film in the festival and okay. it hasn't ever left me i don't know is that that's because of the films we saw the night before mm. or the two nights before let's say. but there's something about this where it just like engulfs me and i don't know if it's because i'm a fan Fan of like I like Napoli, I like the football team, Maradona. I could t- hit hit on this, but I felt the passion and sort. This felt like weirdly different to Sorentino's previous film. Granted, everybody says that he's a, uh, that compares him to here. You even said yourself that he he, is-
2: oh, he, he prays at the church of Fellaini.
1: Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. No. And I also feel like this film, as much as it's most definitely like inspired by that work, I think it it is through sentiment. Yeah. I think that this is most definitely a Sorrentino piece of work.
2: Especially if you, if you see the great beauty as Sorrentino's attempt to remake in Life is Beautiful, where it's all about Rome as a city and stuff. This one feels more like Sorrentino's Amar Cord meets Roma. Mm-hmm. It's more about living back in the past, very self-referential, very autobiographical, while still having strong fantasy elements. They're very, actually, with Amar Kord, they're almost two and the same, except, except for that one it's way more stylized. Um, and also very comedic and dramatic at times. It's,
1: yeah, there's there's an interesting sort of um, use of, like, uh, I don't know how you would phrase this, What's the, there's a certain terminology for it, but gender dynamics, i us say. Mm.
2: But well, yes, the female characters in this movie. Yeah. They go from overly sexualized to fully in control of their own sexuality. Um, it's very interesting.
1: Or, 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 or women who are uncontrollable and what I, I mean not, I, yeah I mean I mean granted that, that that's the era he was brought up in and I think it's most definitely brought to screen but there'll be there'll be naysayers out there and I don't think it's ever used in a sort of detrimental word you know what I mean I think it's always quite quite nice well, not nice but entertaining at least but I can understand why people would be with slightly uh, aloof with it but I think this will take most of the awards most definitely I think it's mostly like isn't it written in the stars for this has it, wasn't it when it even premiered as well? Wasn't it like, basically, this is it?
2: <laughs> I was like, this is going to win. Sometimes you can feel it, like I remember when Roma premiered here, you can <laughs> feel it in the air. Like, it's just a fucking good movie. There's no, there's no reason to think it's not going to win.
1: Well, we'll leave but that one for another day.
2: We'll, we'll see what happens tonight. So
1: you're still mixed on that? On this one? Yeah. No,
2: i, I say I love it. It's just, it's like, you not know, compared to other movies I've seen here in the competition, I
1: haven't really thought about it. And you, you, would, you would give this what? I give this five stars. I think I give this a fucking hell of a score.
2: I would give this like between four, 4.5. Leaning more towards four.
1: Right. In the moment, I would have given it 4.5. Right. So, what have we got next then? Well,
2: we're going to like rather quick on all the movies
1: sure. or. We can, if, 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 if whatever we touch on, yeah.
2: Like Mother's Parallelas by.
1: Right. A, a, <laughs> right. The opening film the right. When you said earlier about this film hadn't grown on you. When I first watched this, um, I was I was like very mixed on it, mm-hmm. and then because this this was the day where I was like it was just a terrible day of screening for me, and um, I liked it, but there was a lot to sort of cope in this film. There's so much like thematic here. There's so many narratives that intertwine, and there's a lot of substance here. Yeah. And when when time went on, I appreciated it more. Now at this point, I think this is a very well-made well and well-produced film, but to me it just does not live long in the memory whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I, I love Pedro. I've seen over half of his movies, but I
1: don't... I haven't seen much, if not at all. I don't want to make any more comments about Aldo I'll, I'll I'm going to upset a lot of people in this podcast, you see. <laughs>
2: don't write angry comments, but... Uh, no, I, I enjoyed this one a lot. I would have said again, it was one of my favourites of the festival, it has lost power, because it is overstuffed. And it's not really a problem because he's always had movies that are stuff. They tackle too many subjects. Um, the role of women in society, motherhood, um, sexuality and sexual identity. Um, and here it's more overtly political in a, in a more historic sense than any of these other movies because it goes back to the tragedies of Francisco Franco and Spain trying to uncover the past to move forward in the future. It's all about the past, the present and the future. Also symbolized by the children, these two mothers who are in the hospital and they give birth on the same day. It's really predictable, I found, the twists, to be rather predictable in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Which isn't a negative, per se. Again, it goes back to those melodramatic tendencies that are very... like a soap opera. But part of me wishes he m- implemented the whole trying to uncover the mass grave in a more substantial way. Because it does feel like it's literally just... the big
1: Tacked yeah. The movie.
2: Just tacked on a bit. it's like, eh, could, could could have been used more. Well, more like a framing
1: device, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think I would like, most certainly agree with you. It, it feels like slightly tacked on, and it is implemented like throughout the film. Don't get me wrong, but it feels like prologue, epilogue, and substance throughout, where it, it brings the character together. I was waiting for another twist where I, I don't want to spoil it, but I was waiting for one character who was um, in escapades with Penelope Cruz as character to be the father of someone else in the film because that, that, that character's never revealed. Um, and, and then and his, well, they, this this man who she's seeing is very coy about his relationship at home as well. So I was waiting for... Yeah, I mean... I was just waiting for it to happen. And to be fair, I'm glad it didn't, because it would just be so much more melodramatic. And again, that takes away from the actual substance of what, what I'm talking about, about the... About the uh, the, the Country yeah, Sins. Um, I felt like it was very strangely um, lacking like, production design. The set design to me wasn't as flat. When, especially when you watch his, his shot, which is a human voice. When you think about that and you think about how it's shot and how it's well, curated, this felt very different.
2: I think it fits more in his feature filmography. It's not, it's not overtly stylized but it has so many moments of style. Um, There's a wonderful, remember there's a wonderful moment where there's a sex scene and you see the drapes from the window just floating in the wind Mm -hmm. while they're having sex. It's a wonderful visual I think.
1: Um, It's very sensual, it's a very sensual film. He's always been a very sensual filmmaker, I love that But I think the sexuality in this film is fluid as well, just like I think he would project his own. own I, I will say one thing, this felt to me in hindsight you could have done very well with just actually beefing it up a bit more and having it as a television show. I think it feels melodramatic it feels enough to subsidize into something that could be more indulged. I mean I mean what it's 2 hours isn't it? Mm. I, I mean I don't know like I I, I, I feel yeah, really I enjoy it. Yeah I I think I think as time's gone on I think it's gone down in my estimate. Uh, the reviews were very unkind to it when I first saw it. The, the Elderman's not at his best. I would agree with that. But I mean the last time he folded it was was Pain and Glory which was substantially like
2: so some masterpiece. Yeah right there. <laughs> Um, and interestingly enough, like as we're doing this, I'm holding the final ratings of the Venice Film Festival from both Italian and foreign critics, and we're going in order of of the, of the votes. So this is the second highest-rated movie from the festival, surprisingly.
1: Yeah, I, I would, I would, uh, I, I would, I found that to be a very strange bet. Um, it is what it is. I think. It's, or it's the the continental one. I don't know what's next then. Um?
2: Max says Jack's favorite movie at the festival: "The Power
1: of the Dog." Right. Is- do you want to start here or do you want me to? I can start. Right, good.
2: <laughs> Jane Campion, I, I haven't seen much of her. I've only seen The Piano and In The Cut. I love In The Cut. It was probably one, one of the biggest surprises I've watched this year, just in preparation for Power of the Dog. And this film is its very much a Jane Campion movie because it's very divisive. It is a movie all about sensuality, about um, people who don't really who try to fit into a world, well, f- ah, it's all about facade, that's what I'll say, it's all about facade, you have this lady Cumberbatch, he's a cowboy, he's a strong man, strong silent type, constantly brooding, and he has a brother who's more, um, who's more romantic, who's more quiet, who's more, um, who's more friendly, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's an interesting relationship between those two brothers, and one day that Jesse Plymouth's character is the other brother. He ends up marrying a widow, and so he takes her into her house, his house with the brother, and uh, this widow has a, has a son, played by Cody Smith-McPhee. And it turns out that the movie, not to spoil anything, but it is an LGBT story.
1: The it movie, turns, it,
2: doesn't it? it? It turns into it. And compared to the previous movies that Campion has made, this one isn't very explicit, it's incredibly nuanced. And I would say even emotionally, very moving. Part of me wishes it went a bit further in some moments, but also what makes it work is that it doesn't give you the easy scenes. There's no sex scene in here, there's no real graphic nudity of sorts. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a proper Western, I'd say. It has all the themes that you want from the Westerns, all of the, the passage of time, learning to change, learning to grow because Vanity Cumberbatch is constantly living in the past, about going back to a Bronco Bastard was his friend that taught him everything he knows in life. Um, A very man's man, you could say. A macho. Um, And yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I think this is one of those movies that, thinking back on it, I'm liking it more. Uh, But but I know you have a very different opinion on this movie, Jack, so let's keep it under two minutes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll try (laughs) to... Right. Um, I haven't seen any much of uh, Jane Cameron's stuff. I, I've seen bits and pieces of the piano. I think I've seen three quarters of it, um, but I'm not going to put it on letterbox because I, I don't think that's justified to put a review on it. Mm-hmm. Um, her other work, I can take or leave it. I appreciate the fact that she's, a, she's an auteur in her own right, that she she has her voice and um, her films speak to people. Um, the power of the dog is dog shit, if I have to say it. Um, that's the, the power of the dog. That the dog is the power shit. of the dog. Um, I would disagree on mostly everything you've stated about this film. Um, but I, th- I, th- I would find this film is actually incredibly dangerous it's it, this is 10 years since she's made a last feature film and um, it shows because she's 10 years out of date this film has been done to death throughout the last 10 years of of people like fighting for LGBTQ uh, just just for representation alone. this feels like it was it should have been made 15 to 20 years ago to showcase nuance uh, because I don't think there's any of it left in it I mean in, I remember when we, we spoke about it and, and yep. there's there's a certain synopsis for it where it describes Benedict Cumberbatch as, what, charismatic? I mean, I, I think that's genuinely ridiculous. There's nothing charismatic about him. If that's what we're going to sort of detail the people about, I thought, Jesus Christ. We're... It's a bit misleading. Sure. Yeah, most definitely. And I think it's been changed now as well, which is it's, it's laughable, but I mean, take, take that as you will. Um, I don't think, well, <clears throat> oh, how do I start this? So let, let, I'll start with a few positives. Yeah. I think it's well shot. Mm. Um, there's an issue with quite clear background here, where it's static constantly, where they're quite clearly trying to use green screens or blue screens. You think so? But for, for the foreground, yes, yeah. most definitely. Um, however, I think the production design it looks relatively good. I think it feels and it is a film. I said you can you can you can feel the smoke, cigarette smoke. You know, you can feel the blistering heat. You can. Yeah, there's a te- there's a lot of good texture. Yeah, um, that's as 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 far as I would go for any sort of detail in the film. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is drastically miscast. Um, I'm not a massive fan of his work anywhere, but we we spoke about a few days ago where you cannot deny that he gives 110. percent That's fine, but he's going backwards in a film that needs to go forwards. He he's against type. This film is is all about uh, again, like you said, um, it's about <clears throat> excuse me, it's about stereotypes. It's about New ones about a facade, let's say. This film takes quite strong aim at, at the Western, which, again, she subverts because she tries to make it almost feminine without saying that. Yeah. That would work if you have an incredibly masculine actor because you can subvert that power even more so and the audience then can be affected by it. Because Benedict Cumberbatch is not a masculine actor. Just I'm. I'm I, yeah, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to make this offensive to anybody he's not he's not a masculine actor if she if jane kevin truly wanted to get that image across she would have to capture unfortunately someone who was well known to be a masculine southern um brooding type and then once you subvert that then you have real power and i think the, the the cast list here unfortunately it just screams someone like matthew mcconaughey I did like
2: the Cumberbatch in this film. That's, the more we've, we've talked about this, I do think that maybe having a different actor could have kind of put it
1: in. Yeah, I think it's totally mismanaged as well. I think it tries to not say much by being stoic and and, and, and trying to like keep it secrets within itself. And I, like you said, nothing is actually outright spoken here. It's all suggested. Um, that's fine, but what you're suggesting has to have merit and substance. This film doesn't. Uh, like it's 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 genuinely tiresome, So I felt times. I re I really did. It's so overblown and bloated. I mean, like it's one hundred and twenty-five minutes, and it felt like one hundred and fifty-five. We've Do seen you have a great Johnny
2: Johnny Greenwood score, though. <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: you know? I, I, it 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 never ever came into my consciousness. Oh, and, and that is actually heartbreaking to even say that. It never. Yeah, it never came into my consciousness. We've seen I've, we've seen two films this festival, 155 minutes, right? You've seen one that's over three hours. Yes. They did not feel as long as *The Power of the Dog*. I tell you that right now, if it, well, it, it felt like this for other people. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> th- th- we'll get onto that. Yeah, uh, but I felt it was way too long in the teeth, and I thought there was little nuance and audience interest to be found. It's interesting that this is getting very di- di- d- divisive reviews. I think if you're putting forward that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to get an Academy Award nomination for this, I think you are genuinely in, in yeah. serious need of help. Yeah. That's frightening, and the amount of people. That's look, judging the movie before watching. Well, the yeah exactly, and the amount of like Twitter fero- ferociousness was like, oh, like be careful, like watch him uh, come into your... I mean, next be- best be- next best picture, put it forward as being a potential, and I always found that strange because no one had seen it. And I appreciate that Jane Camion has a bit of substance to her. The whole, the whole film, 10 years, it feels like there's a, there's a majestic power to it. Mm-hmm. This felt like, again, it was 10 years too late. I think this is quite dangerous in the type of LGBT community, this film, because it pr- appropriates a stereotype of people who are closeted and are not sophisticated, and and, and, and people who, again...
2: i is say it's very sophisticated as a <laughs>
1: And I, I, I'm more talking about the themes, not, not him. Okay. And, and I think Cody is, 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 again, I think that's a really dangerous stereotype this, this film puts out. Very dangerous. The Kirsten Dunst thing, it's just a, a constant stereotypical film.
2: I think it goes back to the novel as well. I want to read it actually yeah. now. After I've watched the movie, I want to read the novel The Power of Boy.
1: Alina put something on Twitter about it because he said. People should. If anyone had any spare time, Ben, it come back to TIFF. Anyone had any spare time, they should watch it. And Lena was like, she said something like, um, you think I've got time to, to to watch that or to read that after watching that film?" Like, I thought, hey, look, it, it wasn't for me. We got interviewed afterwards. I, Christ knows by who, and I, I felt compelled not to say anything because the audience, I would say, was eighty percent buzzing for it. They got, they, they, there was.
2: They the most film.
1: I just don't understand that. I think this will have no longevity in the long run.
2: I will say this, out of all the, movie, all the movies that we've watched at this festival, I'm kind of happy it's not universally loved. I like that there's still directors like Jane Campion who can, who can be really hated by some and really loved.
1: I, I, know, I know you want to move on, but I need, I need to question that because I, I find that very interesting. You say you, you, you like the fact that it's da- uh, divisive. Yeah. Do you think that helps the theme of the film? Uh, about certain thematics in this film? I don't think that helps this film, Any scene, in what it should be projected as, and B, I don't think it settles in subconsciously to what these themes are trying to say. Mm. If this film is divisive, that to me is incredibly dangerous.
2: I'd love to know more about um, when, a higher, when a bigger public watches this, like specifically the LGBT community, <coughs> what they think of this film. Um, I, I did talk about it briefly with uh, director Isabel Sandoval, because we had a chance to talk. Um, she really loved it. She found it very again, very subdued, very sensual. Do you very think do you, you
1: think it's it. just a an acquired taste?
2: Probably. Probably. That's why I'm not particularly like I'm playing
1: any problems like, like I get it. Yeah. Like, even, even listening me. to you now, I'm like, you know what? I, I totally. Despise. But I I again, not not to you know <laughs> not not to play to the crowd or anything, but <laughs> I I also appreciate why you would like it. I appreciate why we people would like it. Mm. But for me, it's it's just so strange how like it's divisive. It's 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 a film that a particular audience taste will admire, but the themes in it should should be universally sort of wanted to be seen. So I just find it like oxymoronic that she's projecting themes of this about uh, characters who are not. I don't again. I don't want to spoil it because because that that reveal. I didn't know about this film. I'd never read the book. Shame. So I think we I think actually anything we went into this blind and everything for me anyway because I'm na- naive.
2: And I we'll watched like yeah, 90% of the audience.
1: And I think that that could have been really effective, but I'll be honest, as soon as that happened, I thought, here we go, stereotypical and it just went into convention. Hmm. It went into stereotypical convention. and to be honest, um if anything, I would I would I would think twice about wanting to watch anything about Jane Campion again. I thought it was downright boring at times but we'll, we'll get on to other things. I don't
2: know, We're going to one of our favourite movies, I know,
1: which is The Card Counter. <gasps> the I wish Raphael was Woo! here. The
2: good
1: boy Raphael from Fio Um, So Schrader, very controversial. He's made very few controversial statements in his life, I'm sure. Just <laughs> um, I, I think I think, I wouldn't say I was buzzing to watch this, because I don't think anything by Schrader is necessarily buzzing, because you just generally don't know what you're going to get. And there's nothing, there's nothing like getting excited for something that turns out to be, you know, the canyons. You know, do you know? <laughs> doggy dog. I well, I, you know, there's something there with doggy dog. I mean, he he's blasted that film himself, so I feel like that's merited. But um, he's had a very interesting last few years, um, following like the dying of the lie, genuinely terrible features, the canyons. But there was always something there for him to try and project. And then things change in 2017 with first reforms. So it's also Yeah, and I think we're both on the same. Level. We, I think that film's a masterpiece. I know that Carson adores it. It's... I know that Jakob, is. I think is indifferent on it. But I think you can say the majority of people are in favor of that film. As let's say, especially
2: compared to everything else.
1: Yes. Role. yeah. And and weird enough, I like his earlier work. I like hardcore. I think with, with uh, George C. Scott, I think he's excellent.
2: Cat people.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. I, and and I think Blue Collars one to be watched as well. And Auto Focus is one. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's a talented filmmaker, but he's a very brooding writer. So when this was when this was coming out, I was, I, would you say skeptical is the right word? Were you skeptical about this? <laughs> and to watch us at half eight. I was worried, and I, I got good seats. I think you did as well. Yeah. And Raphael was. There. I think we were all there. And so, how do we how how do we go about this one? Because I think this has come out to be very divisive, more so than anything I've seen. People are hating it, but I think those people, and this is so condescending. I appreciate that. Don't understand it mm. because it's contextually appropriate at every turn. It's dull because it it's it's mirroring the fact of his life. Like there's a lot of grays here, a lot of muted colors. Mm. It's very rare where color is implemented, and usually it's in in the in in ways where he finds happiness or lust. There are two in particular scenes. One is a, one, one would be I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but but one would be the uh, the casinos in general, and yeah. a second one is a very sensual uh, sequence in the, the, in in the, in the city, city of life. Yeah, North. Oh, I love that. yeah. Is nice. There is issues with it in that scene. Is, there's ADR issues all the way about this film. Yes. And you can feel the small
2: touch it in this film many times. Um, but it works in favor of his many, many success Like he's always been a big fan of like Robert Brisson and yeah. directors like that.
1: I mean the film the film's like very uh, static as well. Like there's 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 not a lot of fluidity to win the film. Um, lots of voiceover. Yes, it's if you if you are a fan of First Reformed and you can appreciate the existential crisis in this and the internal destruction of a character, I think you'll get on with this. Mm-hmm. But it's a very different film to First Reformed, isn't That it takes a subject matter that's not universally appreciated in in existential climate change or just existentialism. This this is about in the now about harrowing past. It's not about the future. It's not about the present. It's about the past, and it dictates the flow of time. And I think. It's an interesting film where it dictates loneliness, isolation. Um, thematically, I think it's a very interesting film.
2: It's very rich without beating you over the head with it. Yes.
1: Some would even say shallow. I th- I, and I think that would be appropriate to it as well. But I think I, be, I think it would be contextually appropriate though. Yes.
2: Yes. And just the way it's put together, the way it's it's shot and everything, it's just just pure mood. Like I yeah. I loved spending time in this film. I actually watched this twice. I think he's only moving the festival.
1: I to get oh, Fuck period. off! That's gonna come up a lot in this, and I'm gonna be Some verbally off. pissed off. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, was lovely. Um, but we came out of it in the screening, and we were both like, we were ecstatic yeah, because I think this was the first film we, what I watched where I was like, yeah. I either Roger Ebertman I was like thumbs up. You know, the I was I was ecstatic. Up, yeah. I thought it was excellent. I give this a very high score. Not as not as high score as the Hand of God, mm. but I thought this was outstanding. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, and I think the more I would think about this, the more I would want to watch mm-hmm. this again, but in the second time, I don't. I don't want to ever go back to this film mm-hmm. because I feel if I saw this film again and I'm going to come out with this again, I feel like I would notice flaws. More and I think the first time I did, I watched it, I, I noticed the ADR and I was like, oh, I was like fucking up, like Paul Schrader, like It was just like, maybe it was a cinema quality, maybe if I watched it again, it would change. The quality of like the ADR was just not very good. I've seen
2: it twice.
1: Yeah, and I think when we came out of the cinema, I think we were both shocked the first time to notice what other people had said about the film. Yeah. Um, and everybody seemed to have hated it. You do range a lot from people
2: claiming it as a masterpiece because they're very. I don't think we're biased in any way. I know some people are massive frustrated. Yeah. To the point that they consider it the best of the festival and blah blah blah, which understandable. But there's also quite a lot of apologies um, for the dogs barking in the background. But there's a lot of, um, of people who hated it, like with a passion, and even then I cannot blame them. I think yeah. if, if audiences are going into this expecting First Reform Part 2, they're going to be disappointed. They're getting that prop. Honest to God, Paul Schrader film.
1: And also, also, I think, I think, I think Raphael was a big fan of First Reformed as well, he and, and, he, and he didn't like this. So I, I, think that you can take it as well and use it as your own entity. But I see this very much like a spiritual sequel.
2: To First Reformed. Yeah,
1: not. I think not necessarily name, just thematics. Um, there are there are there's something I want to talk about because I feel like I think Schrader's an unconventional person, and I think that comes across in his personality, in in his in his wisdom, let's say, a quote unquote but also I think it comes out in his filmmaking. And here, he does something very unconventional in the fact that he cast Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. Now, I'm yes, I'm, I'm so glad we're on the same page because I've, I've seen her be decimated online for it. Not only is she not miscast, but she, she holds the burden of tone in this film which you would think it would be Isaac, but it's not. It's her. And she does go into moments where it's like Tiffany Haddish mode, but it's very, like, mind-new. Yeah, it's mind-new. And to be fair, this film needs some fucking brevity in it. It needs, it needs moments of pause and a little bit more of inflection of, like, humour. And I think she does it well. Um, again, I would not want to watch this film again because I feel I would I would contradict myself. But I thought she was she was sensual in this film. She was... There's a, there's a moment where... Well, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a moment where it wants to go into, like, romantic like romanticized story arc and I, I was like, oh okay, but he never indulges in it. He just shows it and he and he shows us a bit of sensuality. There is one thing that I, I just I don't like in this film, and it's Ty sheridan mm-hmm. i think I think the jury's out and I think he's I, I don't think he's the actor that people thought he was going to be i mean he, I mean I, I told you this before off camera, but allegedly it was Shia love cast, he had personal issues. Nicholas Cage. I met up with Paul Strader just uh, to, to have a chat, and he told them you should you should cast Ty Sheridan. I worked with him in Joe. Yeah, Joe's twenty thirteen. It's a long, it's a long time ago, and I think Ty Sheridan, something like Ready Player One, on on retrospect, is miscast. He has no charisma. He has no humour. He never smiles. I don't think he can show anything. A balance of like dictate range. I think
2: it works in the context for the.
1: It's, he it's it's, it's in he's specifically
2: thing.
1: He's just yeah. tonally like embarrassing. Him. Like he just, yeah. Well, not only that, but like he just, he doesn't mow Like it's I, I it's appropriate contextual like to the to the story. Like I appreciate that, but there was nothing like where he needs to get to like immersive into his his character. I was like, he's boring. He's boring. Move on, please. And that whole arc with Willem Dafoe, I think, is going to be very contestable. Uh, as well within audiences because it feels like there's two different stories going on here where they they malign each other into one people are going to get upset about that he uses, yeah he uses a very interesting like lens with with it's a, a, a flashback. flashback yeah, yeah. I, like, I was indifferent on it you were, like seem to be weirdly
0: positive but I you're a l- filmmaker
2: l- i love bonkers experimental decisions and there's a lot of some people Ted, said that this was probably inspired by twin peaks the return a lot and They can actually see that i i never, I never noticed that, that. Really I mean, the weird decisions that he makes with the editing with the camera work, there's some transitions where it's just very out of focus shots of the casinos, where it's just this bokeh effect and lights swirling around and it's putting like three or uh, four shots on one on top of the other.
1: He has a hard-on for fear to Black as well in this film. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't see it getting any prizes. I think time will not be very friendly to this film, but in the moment I was really, really, really surprised with that.
2: If you told... Me- watch one of those movies again the entire competition. Mm-hmm. I would
1: rewatch this one. Oh, this one. Oh, fucking hell that's that's tough. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't I-, I would I would keep the sanctity of the experience. <laughs>
2: <laughs> holy.
1: Yeah. I'm scared to death what's coming next.
2: The next one is autre monde, aka another world. The
1: oh wow
2: apparently they are lot well liking it. It has the same rating as Carl's counter Right. I don't think
1: we have that much to say about this one. No, I, we watched it together. Yeah. We would literally row apart, which was fun. Um, I expected nothing. I didn't know this was an uno- unofficial trilogy. I didn't know this was a sequel. To some it's a sequel Yes. I didn't know. It. I saw it in Letterbox. Do you know when they keep on referring about the incident two years later? Yeah. Two years earlier, sorry. That's the film when he actually he, the, 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 the uh, there's another layoff and he he literally marches with them, protests with them. I didn't know that. Well, I, when I came away from this, I said to you, and I don't, and you can embarrass me all you want, but this feels right for a Brian Cranston American remake. It feels weirdly appropriate to go against something like Amazon or, or big business in America. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I mean, we you, we picked it. like it's not like, like you said to me before the thing, like it was ninety minutes. Let's go watch it. And we, we always had it. I was pleasantly surprised with it. I really enjoyed. It. I give it four stars. Yeah, it's a good one. It doesn't live long in the memory, but it's it's dramatic. It's tense. It's very, very thematically like well balanced. It's
2: it's literally a festival film.
1: Yes. There, I don't think a single person is ever going to say, you know what? <laughs> yeah. For yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Aside from <laughs> us a week ago, we we're like, let's go watch another one. I think I th- I thought the the main actor was was really good. Big- there's there's a, a, the yeah I say, oh. yeah uh, yeah. Hopefully, I'll be seeing it soon as well. There's a lot here. There's a lot of substance here as well. Yes. A lot of depth within family. Um but again it's not something you would probably want to go watch again. No, and
2: to close it for me it's it's not boring, which I love. I watched another movie movie it's called The Measure of a Man. Same actor,
1: right. same style. Which well, same same director as well. Yeah, I, I that it that's it the too. beginning of the trilogy. It's the same I'm part pretty sure no no no, I think that's the or like an official Yeah, trilogy. but but the, the sequ- this is definitely a sequel to the, to the one before, it. Right? Oh,
2: it works. It's it's I'm not a big fan of social dramas and stuff. Right. repetitive very like beating you over the head with the message and this one is is just very watchable, very tragic as well.
1: I feel like that's all I've seen in this festival is social dramas and everything is French. We'll get onto a few of what I really liked but I thought this was well very well done. I feel like I, I'm not a person who automatically wants to love them but I end up really enjoying them um, but I'm scared again what's next.
2: The one that I haven't seen actually one of four. I haven't been able to watch four of the competition titles.
1: Yeah, 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 you're gonna have to help me out of there, buddy.
2: It's the, it's the one about the ne- Neapolitan comedian.
1: No, I've not seen it. Okay.
2: <laughs> Apparently, people are saying he's gonna win Best Actor
1: for Tony Servillo, who was also in... Hand of God, yeah. About, yeah. yeah. I can see that. I haven't seen it, but I can see that. Um, next
2: up. <laughs> Live in a moon, aka Happening. Not The Happening. I haven't seen Is that. like a room slash the room situation. I have seen this one.
1: Right. And one of the things
2: that really bothered me with the reception of this film. Because I watched it, I was like, this is actually really good. It's a movie set in 1963. Right. It's about a French student, uni student, who ends up being pregnant. And oh. she's like, I don't, I don't want this baby because it's going to mess up in the entire future. Right. So she wants to get an abortion. Only that, 1960s France, the law prohibited girls from getting an abortion. Right. If you got it, and people found out, you go to jail. Okay. And so no one wants to help her. The doctor she goes to, she tries to bribe them, they give her like medicines to actually make the fetus stronger, like they fuck her up, Um, her friends don't support her, the guy who knocked her up isn't supportive, it's an incredibly frustrating film, and it gets very graphic in some moments, not gratuitously so, but you can tell it's directed and written by women. Um, it's almost shot like *Son of Saul* as well. It's all like handheld, first person, like focusing constantly on her face on this girl as she goes through her daily life, trying to find a way to get an abortion. And it's it's very like there's a couple moments in this that I will never forget, especially the scene towards the end that has to do with a toilet. tell I will say, "Horrifying, horrifying." But what bothered me about the reception is that people were complaining like we don't need this movie. They laughed. They were like, "Well, but when you've made a, when there's a movie like four months, three weeks, and two days, it's a Romanian mm-hmm. film about abortion, which is I've seen it excellent. Mm-hmm. If you have a movie like that, watching something like this is redundant. Oh they right,
1: okay. have made it I'm
2: like, well, that's made by a, a man.
1: Mm-hmm. This one is
2: made by a woman, and you can totally see the difference. It's
1: so that's expected. a strange comment to make. Like, like so
2: I've only heard men make that come." Well, I mean, like the, which is also very sexy. Uh,
1: yeah, it's kind of like re- ridiculously redundant to make that kind because you could appropriate that to anything. Literally
2: every movie I <laughs> think that's the standout for me. It's not a movie that I would ever want to watch again, but it's unfor it's not the most unforgettable. Experience.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I think I feel like that's definitely like a sentiment that actually is more powerful mm-hmm. as well. Like I I don't think that's a, redu- like a redundant statement. I think that it sticks with you. yeah,
2: it really does, and um, it's just very well made. Excellent performances. Um, so tense. Like, the last 20-30 minutes have been
1: mm-hmm. so intense. Who's, who, Without sounding like EDL here, what, what, what's the predominant amount of uh, region that's condemning this? Is it French? Is it German? Is it Italian?
2: No, it's like... Uh, a lot of people are liking it, but even if you look at the ratings here, you go from four and a half to one star, three stars, two and a half, five... Right. It's very mixed. I think, I think it's... I don't know, I don't want to say anything about certain people, but the lowest reviews are all from men, and I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, many were uncomfortable, and if you're uncomfortable about some shit that we can go through...
1: Yeah, you need to move just, on. Yeah. Up, boy. Um,
2: I would say, this is, again, this is one of those movies that has only improved over time, after watching it, especially right. after hearing the negative comments that were just childish. Um, I think you'd like it. I think you would.
1: Yeah, those films are difficult to watch, aren't they? <laughs> but so but they need to be seen. There were shown. walkouts during some scenes. Wow.
2: It shows. It's very graphic.
1: I, I have a few walkout stories, but nothing like that. I like funny ones.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of funny ones, what? the next movie is Competencia Oficial,
1: yeah. uh, Official Competition. another one I missed, so go on. I loved <laughs> this
2: one. I really did. It's a, it's a funny satire comedy about the film industry in Spain. There's an elderly man who wants to be remembered for being alive and for being super rich. And so what he does is he buys the the rights to a book and he hires Penelope Cruz to make a movie about it. And she hires two actors, one of which is Antonio Banderas. Very different styles of acting.
1: You said this was incredibly meta as well for the festival. It's
2: very meta because it's all about the creative process of making a movie and it also ends with the movie being shown in a film festival, there's a press conference. Isn't it
1: like intended to be Venice as well? Isn't it like implied?
2: No, they actually show what the festival is, and I don't think I've ever heard of
1: it. Oh, right. I don't remember what it was. It was like the 56th edition of something. <laughs> I think this is going to get shown at quite a few other festivals. I think it's definitely shown at like Vancouver at TIFF and I think it's going to London as well. I think it's going
2: to have long legs. It's, in, it's one of the most fun
1: things I've seen. Can I make one comment as well, just before? Um, I, I didn't say it before. Madras Pirellas? Yeah. I think that's Penelope Cruz at her best as well. She's fantastic. How is she, she in this? It. She's great. It's a comedic man. The tone's comedic. It's one. It's a pure comedy display. All oh, right, farce. Almost, yeah.
2: Al- almost parodical in some moments. Right. It's, it's never over. It's more finding comedy in the normal things in life that are very funny. Right. I'm still having some some gags. That, that are <laughs> right. On. right.
1: Especially
2: seeing uh, Banderas and the other actor trying to one up each other the different styles. Banderas is a more mainstream one. The other one is this toy, like, I only make art, mm-hmm. I don't make movies for the masses. They're stupid and dumb. Good response in the, in the theatre? Yeah. But people were laughing, they were clapping. Uh, there was one scene, especially towards the end, where everyone was shocked. <laughs> I right, think but... laughing hysterically. It's a good one. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a good one. I'm, 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 I'm going to see it this year anyway, but the screening I just couldn't get.
2: Next one I missed, actually. He was the unfair too.
1: Lost illusions or something. No, I missed that one. <laughs> well, wait, who's in that? I don't think it has
2: is, is voiceover narration from Xavier
1: Dolan. Right, no, 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 I, 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 I couldn't get the ticket. I know what you mean, though. I see
2: actually. No, I had another meeting.
1: Um, but
2: this is by Xavier Dolan. Yeah. I'm saying
1: that mean best Yeah, because well, we, we spoke about it before, and it was like, what, 144 minutes, wasn't it? it. Yeah, and, and that's, that, that's slightly like makes me more annoyed but on, on the surface it looked to be like oh it's just gonna be a stinker well played though yeah i'm glad um
2: the next one i didn't see
1: even no traces right it's a polish right i miss this as well but this is going to be shown everywhere at the festival apparently this is getting massive buzz as well it is the polish
2: um oscar submission right
1: 160 minutes. i think it's at tiff as well
2: alina can tell us how it is yeah
1: i hope she's feeling okay thank you alina <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next up is Spencer. Right. I just don't really want to even bring this up. So I, I didn't even get a ticket for this. I could never get a ticket for this. And then somehow someone got a fucking ticket, and then they all went to the fucking premiere. I didn't go to
2: the premiere. I went to a press screening of this. Right.
1: I, tried going to the I couldn't get the half eight, and I couldn't get the eleven. And what fucked me off about this film more is that they didn't show it at the Palomar in 8. They never showed it again. It's weird. And I, I, I think it's at TIFF, and it's going to be shown at London. Uh, if it's not, I, I won't get a screener for it otherwise. If, if at London, if it's not shown virtually, I'm going to be fucked off beyond belief. But go on, I'm going to be very quiet, because I'm, I'm, it's going to fuck me off now. Well, go to on. be very
2: very short about Spencer, I loved it. It's my favourite
1: film of the festival. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, wait, what, what an opening line what to indulge there, yeah. It's, it's the only movie... I've,
2: I've, I've gotten emotional. during. Some...
1: You said you teared up? I
2: teared up during Mother's Parallels a couple of times.
1: Which, which to, to me is, I I uh, you know I don't get emotional within film. It has to be something very deep. Mm. I never touched upon Madripoor at all emotionally. I, I, I got emotional during the birth scene, and a
2: little bit during the ending. The music moved me. It was a mixture
1: of the music. Yeah, it. I thought. That, yeah, I give you that. The ending the ending was like, was justified to be like, oh wow. Well, well. A bit little bit. Yeah. Like, it a power, but the viewing experience itself oh, was very, very strong. Good coming together.
2: that's what it is. And there's been a couple other movies that caught me to clear up a little bit. Even the last one I watched today was I didn't want to see Titanic. But Spencer is the only one that actually made me cry during you the film three times, which is about a statement, I guess. Do you want a cigar? I love it. I'm still smoking my face. <laughs> the background. Um, I love Spencer. Christian Sears, fantastic. The way it's shot, I think it's 16mm looks straight out of a dream, the opening line, like the, the film opens up with the line a fable from a true tragedy, so it builds this up mm. as already a bit fantastical um, it's very almost nightmarish in certain portions, um, brilliant performances beautiful costumes and the location, excellent and, and it's one of the most honest and moving portrayals of
1: uh, Diana Spencer that we've had did yeah. you say it was almost fantastical at one point, though, on your screen? Didn't you think it was going to go one other way? I, I have was a few questions. I, I thought at, at one point of the movie, especially because there's... Not
2: to spoil anything, but for instance, uh, Spencer ends up being... become obsessed a little bit with the sort of Anne Boleyn, who got killed by Henry D.
1: Oh, excellent English history books.
2: Yeah, there's some there's some interesting parallels between the two if you look into it, and they are brought up into the movie as well. And like she starts seeing her not a ghost, but like a visions of this Anne Boleyn or of the past, like that. Yes, yes. It's it, the way it's implemented, it's gorgeous. But it got to a point at the end where I honestly thought they were going to pull a Quentin Tarantino, where it was going to be like either very tragic or very positive ending mm-hmm. to. Diana Spencer, but it keeps it very ambiguous in a way that it feels like it's still grounded in the reality of what what was going to happen, because this is set, I think, like, two or
1: three years before 1997,
2: before she unfortunately passed away in the car accident.
1: Right. The reviews I've I've seen, right, there's one particular woman that actually really quite annoyed me. I'm not going to name this person like that. But someone compared it to Kubrick. (laughs) And and the the only thing that, like, and it's Barry Lyndon, yeah. That's the. that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, that, that's exactly what I thought, I was like, really? Are we really gonna do that? I was Jesus Christ.
2: As the person who's seen one cubic movie, it's like a cubic
1: movie. Yeah, exactly.
2: It has wide shots. It's not even particularly painted. It looks almost like a painting in some sequences, but it's, I will say this, the shots of the moor, 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 you say moor. Moor,
1: it depends on where you're from. It's like garage or garage.
2: Six of them more. But it's all so misty. Just. foggy. Really? Loved it. Beautiful sequences. I'm excited for everyone to watch it, and it's been getting a lot of crap actually from critics here. I think the Italians were mostly negative. Two stars, two stars, two and a half, two stars, one star, two stars. Really?
1: Yeah. They hate it. I don't think I've ever. overly political, they think it's. Oh my. God.
2: They think it showcases the crown in a very positive way, which is okay at all, it feels like they watch a different movie. I, honestly, I read like five different reviews from established critics from Italy. It feels like they watched different movies.
1: That's why that's the guy's not... he's broke, so...
2: Moving on from Spencer,
1: it's La Caja, Caja, A.K.A. The Box, from Lorenzo Vigas. Did you watch this one, Jack? I did. Oy. So... It's interesting about this film because more more substance has come out after the fact that we've seen it rather than in the screening itself, which is always bound to happen if it's got some significance. Um, I I knew nothing of this film, and watching it I thought it was going to be really tedious. But I was pleasantly surprised with it. Um, I think there's a lot of very interesting substance here if you want to appropriate it as a viewer. I don't think it's exceptionally putting it forward. So what I'll say is I think it's very well performed. I think thematically it's quite rich um i think it looks quite stunning yep. um there's an interesting story arc here and and there's an interesting sort of conversation on on again um big business uh, you know there's, there's a lot of political influence here but it isn't outright state such which i i probably appreciate due to sort of any sort of lawsuits that are that are bound to happen no doubt um but with anything I was kind of surprised. I think I think I give. I think it's an, it's a it's a very well made film, but it doesn't have much legs for me. And I, I think I I, w- I probably hit it in the middle. Of a really strong three stars. But it was very well acted. I mm-hmm. enjoyed the time I was there. I really did. But, but coming out of the film, it seemed that people were like appropriating certain agenda for it and certain substance. And, and it, well, when we came back to, to, to your apartment here and we were talking with this group, uh, Adam and and Raphael were talking about the substance between father and son and how it was. Enigmatic. Mm-hmm. I think you can feed into that if you want to feed into it.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a byproduct of who the director is. He's a Mexican filmmaker, Lorenzo Vegas, and he's part of a group where my, mi, mi, Michel Franco.
1: Okay. Is also in the yeah, the yeah. And they
2: are very similar directing styles. It's very opaque narratives, <laughs> mm-hmm. like you said, very ambiguous, never giving you easy answers. 15 more questions than anything. It's like watching It's like watching a puzzle, like a proper puzzle box. Do, do, you, do, you, think,
1: do you think it was that, to that degree, in this film? Though? I don't think it was puzzling. No, 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 it's no quite no, straightforward,
2: really actually, references. yeah, yeah. Um, Especially, Lorenzo Vigas already won The Golden Lion in 2015, one of the most controversial wins ever for From Afar.
1: You'd love to see it.
2: It's a good film. I think this one was even better. This one stuck with me for the last... Really? Few days. Yeah, I think this is a better film than From Afar. It's more emotionally moving. It's easier to follow, and it has a better ending. I I agree with pretty much everything else you said, honestly.
1: But, but do don't you think it's interesting that like on the actual viewing itself, it, it just doesn't seem to hide any. It doesn't hide anything. I don't. When I say hide it, it's not like it's. It, it's. It has something that it, it doesn't want you to see. I mean that there's like substance here where you can make your own. Sort of you can be engulfed in it on on your own accord. Um, I I think even that's debatable. I never really debated with internal or even externally. With, a, with, the, with the conversation of father and son um, I didn't think it meant anything I felt like regardless if they were or they weren't um, and that's that it's not a spoiler it's very much an integral part of the film that you, you'll see in the first 10 minutes um, it felt like th- those two came together for the purposes of what they both needed at that time and then the film ultimately explores that but finding anything else there was like I think it's quite a reach don't you? don't you think there's this it's, it's... I mean I, I get it
2: it's, it's kind of the appeal and also the reason people hate those movies from those directors from that group because they are both very hollow and very rich if you want to you can find one or the other it's that's a a,
1: personal thing but I think this is a great example it can be rich and it can be hollow I like that
2: yeah. generally speaking they're hated <laughs> we'll in here see. yes we'll see when we get to the bottom of the list no spoilers but jeez yeah um, following Lakaya, the box there's a a different type of box, a natural box. Il buco. Oh my god. <laughs> Another one of Jack's favorite movies, as you can tell. I'll go first, just <laughs> yeah, to please. be positive. I don't have much to say about this film. Um, it's, it's set in 1960s Italy. It's based on an actual expedition, because there's a small town in Calabria where they discovered just a massive hole in the ground that kept going and going. And it ended up being 700 meters in length, one of the biggest caves it at the time in the world. The third one, I think, back then. Um, And the way this is shot, it's almost like an observational documentary. Static shots. Barely any camera movement at all. Like, some very light panning. Just observing this hole. The people who live in the city, near the hole. You see their excavation. You see them going down, spelunking. I liked it. It's it's low cinema. It's literally just that. You can find uh, themes about, you know set in the 60s, people were moving out of Italy from southern Italy, they were going to the north because it was richer, because there were more opportunities and this story is about actually going south south in the literal center Mm -hmm. of the earth towards it Um, uh, the grandiosity of nature, how small humans are when compared to nature, it's always more powerful and devastating and all of that I would just say it's, it's beautifully made I think like, probably the best cinematography of the entire festival for me but it's nothing more then a pretty piece of slow cinema.
1: Right. I don't really like screenings at half seven or around that time because ultimately I have to get off the island. So I always try to make it that whatever half seven film I'm going to watch is justified and this was such a backfire. Um, This is 90 minutes and it feels like five hours. There's a lot here where I can be be subjective and I'm not going to be objective. The objectivity here is that I think it looks stunning. Mm. It's produced almost to a flawless degree, where it, the, the cinematographer, the the production, it, it just looks flawless. Well, actually, shot on location. Yeah, it it, so? I mean, it, it looks extraordinary. It really it really does. Hmm. Um, apart from that, I think this film is genuinely empty. Uh, There's a really strange decision to use, like, intertwine two narratives between, again, searching the cave and then, uh, basically an old man. And I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but it, it's interesting how like, the director sort of intertwines that as nature and, 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 and humanity like, trying to come together and how they're attached and how they're disassociated with each other. Exploration is not always like something that comes with great gravitas, let's say. Um, I thought that was interesting to a certain degree, but it didn't never felt like, fulfilled. Mm-hmm. The one thing that like, surprised me about this film and actually really annoys me is the use of camera. It's always at a distance. And the fact that like, as an audience we're constantly at a distance, you feel no immersion to the, the, the things on screen. And for this film to be an hour and a half with zero narration, with with almost 90% of it spo- uh, not, not spoken throughout. Percent. Yeah, at, le- at least. And um I just thought it was a very stunning decision, a very ego decision to sort of try and get your audience to, 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 to be indulged. And I feel like the the... the the director didn't do enough for me to be, to care about what was presented on screen it felt like a, a an actual geographic uh, piece that should be 50 minutes long um, I, I don't think this is this film is in any way worthy of a viewing i think it's one of two of the worst films of the festival uh, although i would i would appreciate this film is ex- ex- really well shot and it's wonderfully produced it's just not for me and it's not for me to to a staggering degree
2: <laughs> some people would say it's-
1: you give it a very good score.
2: Well, I don't give scores. I really enjoyed it though. My review was very positive. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's what we we'll leave it as that. Yeah. Uh, next one I haven't seen: Captain Falconogov Escaped, a Russian film. I have heard good things about that though. But we are getting towards the bottom of the list now. Um, then we have On the Job: The Missing
1: Eight. I missed this. Yeah, which
2: I'm not Oh, so good. So good. We're talking about 3.5 hours. Filipino crime epic. It's about corruption in the politics of the, of the Philippines. It's about the manipulation of media. It's about finding the truth. It's about gangsters. It's about doing what's right in a world where there's constant injustice. Um, it's very well shot very well scored Mm -hmm. it has use of music that's just excellent i will say this like the opening scene it's about a man getting kidnapped and inside the house where they're kind of torturing him they start playing bye bye delilah and then he just manages to escape and he's running away and they start chasing him on motorbikes and the music just swells in a crescendo and the title comes on screen
1: oh wow i had shivers it i was like fuck me this is going to be amazing it's like this is the first 10 I, I, I feel like that's a similar sentiment, I feel about things like that. It's the best feeling, it's the best feeling. Did it hold up?
2: Yes, especially because it's 3.5 hours, and you mentioned it about, like, the book Yeah, this
1: way,
2: close, way, ...way shorter, especially because this I watched it yesterday, so the 10th day of the festival, so tired. Yeah,
1: like, so, a, a so lot of tired. people have gone home as well at this point. They so have. it's a bit sad that people are not going to see this. I was not the premiere and it was
2: half empty. It actually
1: pissed me off because I tried getting tickets. Yeah, I, no, couldn't I, get, I couldn't get I couldn't tickets as well. No. The first
2: row was completely empty. I, I, I got one ticket in the first row. It was the only one I could
1: get. Oh, how was your neck? It was actually pretty what good. was it? So <laughs> Salagrande is is um, Oh, it, was, it wasn't the... Uh, the, the scene at. No, it was
2: Salagrande. It's a better one for the first row. And yeah, I only got praise for this movie. like very well acted flows in just a wonderful way um almost every time there's a song playing it's an excellent scene is it It yes like the scene where the missing eight become the missing eight where they're just you know eight newsmen are captured and and killed because they're going against the mayor of the city it's intercut with um, the protagonist this um, a more corrupt newspaper man who then changes his heart it's intercut with him singing karaoke Mm -hmm. (sighs) <sighs> like, th- that's cinema. <laughs> I was watching, I was like, that's cinema. And I think you're going to love it. I'm gonna look a, lot forward yeah. was a lot of Yeah. A lot of smart Scorsese. Uh, best film I've seen from Eric Matti as well. I've seen a couple of his films. Oh, wow. The best
1: one. Yeah, I'm going to look forward to it. They're making
2: it as an HBO TV show. Oops. oops. I mean, literally just splitting the movie in parts. But fair enough. It is long. Um, after that, we have Reflection. Hmm? right so, um, you, you, we've both seen this i watched it this morning
1: uh, um i don't feel anything towards this film i mean i think it's well shot i think that the the composition of uh, the image is really well well done i think how it, how it allows the film to breathe is very interesting yeah there's there's a, a there's a well a method behind it let's say there's a thematic but i felt everything apart from what you were seeing on stream was empty it's interesting like this film has a lot of substance and in the take of like where its thematics go, like it really does touch on something that needs to be spoken about, like the trauma, uh, the political excess of, of, of nations, um, internal family dynamics. But the, the film like ultimately t- changes an hour in and it just doesn't want to provide that anymore. And, and again, like, you, can, you can say, well, it's like internalised um, grief, but you never get that impression whatsoever. It felt like you, you're watching an hour of a film that turns into something really grim, really yes. gritty, And in the last hour... Just seems to just bottle it's, itself out, and the more the, th- more the more I think about this film, the more I become to sort of not necessarily detest it, but really sort of push it push it away from my uh, from my consciousness. I'm just it just didn't appeal to me whatsoever. In fact, I'd be very surprised if anyone gave this a, this a high rate score.
2: I know people giving it a high. Actually, know of, uh, an old friend of mine who said she would love to live in this world, which actually fucked me up as a thing to say. Yeah, that's very like strange. Ukrainian-Russian war, where people are kidnapped and tortured to death. I don't know.
1: That was a, That's a strange comment to make. <laughs> yeah. Of all the movies in this list, it's probably the,
2: the least accurate.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I, I don't have much else to add, honestly. No,
1: no. no. The same movie, but... It just doesn't add anything. It's not. There's, there's nothing here, there's no substance. You know, we way,
2: I kind of wish it was ah. more about the first half. The right. torture, the violence, this man was trying to do his best to survive and maintain his sanity. Well forced to ha- aid people who were being tortured. Mm-hmm. That was one of the more interesting part by the end. Agreed. Fact, then we have the lost daughter,
1: Maggie Gilliland. Yeah, I'm, I'm again, missed this. It's alright. I've,
2: I've gone around on it. I, I didn't like it when I first watched it, but it's, it's interesting direction. She knows how to use the camera. Again, it's very similar to Son of Saul. It's all seen from the perspective of uh, Olivia Colman's character, who's on this island a vacation, there's just weird people all around there. They're very uncomfortable. Um, it's a sort of motherhood, a big theme with this festival, and it's motherhood in a very different way from Mother's Parallelas. That one is all about mothers, you know, like the good goodness of being a mother, mm-hmm. very empowering and all of that. This one tells you, like, being a mother actually sucks, drains you of your life and of your job. It's closer to living a month in that sense. Right. It's the, the aftermath. If you didn't get the abortion, this is what's going to happen. It's yeah. you frustrated in life. Um, interesting use of flashbacks that uh, don't always pay off, in my opinion, but it has a good cast, like it has Ed Harris, Dakota Johnson, Jesse Buckley as well, um, Oliver Jackson-Cohen, everyone does a good job, it doesn't really stuck with me much, there's a reason why it's near the bottom of the list, it's not horrible, but it is what it is.
1: Netflix! Netflix. Sounds about right.
2: <laughs> it does belong that Netflix. <laughs> Then we have Freaks Out, the Italian blockbuster, one of the biggest films to come out of Italy. What do you think, Jack?
1: Well, I mean, the, the first of all, the, the running time here frightened me to death. And, and, and that, that is always a cause for concern. Um, when we went to go watch this, this is a, when we went to watch Halloween Kills. Yeah. Uh, it was the second screening afterwards for me, and it was Raphael there. Um, and the first five or ten minutes of this film was incredibly worrying. I was like, "Oh, what are we getting into here? What are we getting into?" And then, bang! There's 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 an edit. Uh, there's cause chaos, there's commotion, there's destruction, and the film just changes pace, changes tone entirely. Then it becomes a film that you become very interested in. Um, I still think the pacing is an issue at times. Yes. The the uh, the running time is atrociously like long. Tooth like, I'm sorry, but there's, a, there's you get to a climax in the film and there's half an hour left. Jesus. And, 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 it, and it goes on as well it really just push it it's mind blowing yeah I was just, like unable to actually focus on anything that was happening It was just madness just yeah. shouting
2: and screaming and shooting explosions left
1: and right it definitely needed a, a second edit i must admit um, i thought the politics of it were going to ick some people um, and i don't even mean that by the the uh, nazi germany angle i think there's there's very there's heavy connotations about Certain things in in the world that's happening now that that's quite strong in here, uh, things that are very minute. Don't get me wrong, but feel like integrated for a very specific political reason, which are going to upset quite a lot of people. It, it doesn't change the feature at all, but it just makes it slightly more strange that they're in there. Yeah. Um, I thought the performances were very good. It has a really interesting tone, very funny at times, mm-hmm. very very dark at times. It's rated. It's another yeah. superhero movie. I'm yeah, like you've seen Marvel. Yeah. And stuff. And I mean it's playing with a budget as well, and it's playing with one that's um again, it's not limited, it does have money. And I think they did well with it. Yeah, yeah. But but I just I just think two I think it's what 140 minutes is an 141. It's it's it's, te- it's, tw- it's twenty minutes too long. You could even say it's half an hour too long. Um there's a really interesting part of like the film with uh the, the lead actor out of Undine as well, which is I can't remember is it Franz? I can't remember the guy's name, but um, yeah, he plays he plays the villain here uh, and they do some strange things with him and they do some subplots that seemingly like don't go anywhere. And it tries to incorporate elements of, you know I do well, brevity and hindsight and it just falls a little bit flat. Yeah. One specifically scene where he goes into a uh, in a circus tent and is shown like an epiphany where it's just Which is something that he's
2: already
1: seen. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's always established, yeah. But it's a bit
2: redundant.
1: I mean, it, never, it just doesn't go anywhere. I mean, yeah, but but overall I think it's a, it's a, it's a very well crafted film. Um, it, this would be very difficult to, for me to probably watch again. Yeah,
2: it it's it's also too ambitious for its own work. I
1: respect it. Speaking yeah.
2: of the of the politics, I think it's very updated in the way it treats women, minorities. Uh, there's a, there's a, a kid with Down syndrome gets shot in the streets
1: Very vi- very vicious, yeah. Very vicious. Cruel <laughs>
2: even, not in a self-aware or or political way. Just it just cruel for cruelness' sake.
1: Yeah. Wait, wait, which would be would would be contextually appropriate if he wanted to indulge and and showcase that terror at hand, yeah, yeah. but it shies away from that and then incorporates it at the end to quite a what may be a controversial degree a degree about the trains and 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 the Holocaust and Jews—it it goes into very strange territory, and it manages to sort of dip, dip its feet, say what it's got to say, and then get out. But I think it'll, it'll, it'll upset quite a lot of people. And there's a lot of iconography here that's, that's eerily similar to the Holocaust. And I can appreciate the fact that he's trying to showcase like the thematics of what's happening with these people who are different, and they are being, uh, you know, tested on. There's there's a lot of stuff about like you know Nazism here, but I, I just think that it, it, it's it's just controversial, I think I give it a good score, but I think if I went back into it, I think it definitely would sort of be left. But uh, it was weird because Raphael loved it, Raphael adored it, and I was like, wow. I'm slightly shocked with it, but fair play. I um, are
2: the last three movies of the list. The First one is America Latina
1: which I man able to see.: You'
2: been able to see I have
1: It's all right. I think it's
2: brilliantly directed, not that great narratively. it's very again oh. opaque very ambiguous, very psychologically driven. Um, it's, fun to, it's more fun to talk about the film, because you don't really know what's going on. There's yeah. a man, he has a wife, two daughters, and he just finds a woman chained up in his basement. Jesus. just leaves her there. And you don't know what's going to happen next in the film. It just keeps evolving, evolving, and getting worse. Um, you don't get clear answers, so you have to kind of dig in the film, to know right. what's real and what's not. And that's the more fun part of it, but watching it, it's It's just very pretty to look at. Right, excellent direction, but it was just confused and a bit bored, (laughs) to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we have Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon.
1: Which I missed again, because my alarm didn't go off. Oh, which is
2: my third favourite movie at the festival, honestly. I love this film so much. Anna Lily who comes to Venice, people shit on her, because she makes weird bonkers
1: have you seen both of her films yes. I haven't seen her debut but i've seen a a, a yes, sophomore which i actually quite like it's i think'm yeah. in, in the very very few who, who do but hasn't yeah. she arrived with this feature hasn't she arrived the, 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 the critics said they said that she's finally arrived third yeah third film
2: For
1: me, she arrived in the first one, yeah right? i mean so she she arrived classic yeah classic uh, cinema criticism isn't it i
2: was
1: i was Hudson? Hudson? She doesn't, she doesn't really solve. Sort of, uh, she's very
2: seductive. She was a pole dancer. This one. Stri- Stripper slash pole dancer. Who um, befriends this young girl, a, a Korean girl who's in an institution. And she yeah. has mind powers, so she can control people. Oh. She manages to escape. And she helps people with her powers. But she's also hunted down by Craig Robinson, who's a policeman. Oh, what? It, it's the bo- most bonkers
1: cast. It sounds so like Push weird. with Chris Evans and Dakota Fanning. It sounds like a fake movie even while watching it, but it's just so intoxicating to watch. Mm-hmm. Even the music, it has this rock
2: techno soundtrack that's just booming constantly from beginning to end, even with some original songs. You know, just like, fuck yeah. Mm. Um, one of the most enjoyable experiences of the
1: festival. Rock and roll. Rock and roll,
2: man. And lastly, the last thing of the competition, Sundown, Michel Franco.
1: Did you watch it? Nope. I've watched, all, I've got a lot more to say about the other things we've watched because they are all shit. Oh, we're we're <laughs> going to have to keep those at the Yeah. Because it's been
2: like 10 minutes we have to leave for the festival. But no, it's 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 good. Sundown is it's it's good. I like Michel Franco, so I get why it's the lowest rated film of the festival. Why it has one star, one star, one and a half, one and a half, one, one, two and a half, three. <laughs> like people don't like him. But it's, you know, again, it's worse than the Lorenzo Vegas movie towards the La Calla. Testing Roth mm. and Charlos Gainsbourg and two children. You don't know what they're doing in Mexico, in Acapulco. Their mother dies. She goes on the plane. He says, Oh, I forgot my passport. And he just stays in Acapulco. And you're like, Why? Right. And it takes like 70 minutes to get why. <laughs> it's a weird film. I think it's it was. It's my least favorite of his, easily Franco. It's a bit boring,
1: to be honest. Shall so I run through some stuff we we've, we've also seen then? Sure, I'll be very, very quick. Curious. Right, M- Madeline Collins. Uh, it's like a paperback you pick up at an airport yeah. melodramatic story. It's a very interesting subverted take on a woman hiding. Essentially, what the be the take of the the divorce with a man cheating on a on a, on a on a woman. This has a very different element to that, which is interesting, but very flawed. Mm. Uh, the performance is excellent, but I think she, she's mostly going to be recognised for Benedetta with Paul Verhoeven this year than anything. But it, but, it, but, it, but it was fine. Um, Le Promé, uh, <laughs> uh, um, I thought it was interesting, I thought it was a very, it was a film with a loud, loud bark, but no bite. I think is- Isabel Hooper is interesting in it. I think it's well performed, but... Yeah, yeah and, and again, it's the powerhouse in it but it's a film that doesn't really have uh, much else um i've got uh what here so again dune was here um filler <laughs> a, a, a 45 minute opening which was outstanding it was vig- visionary the music does the set design the music the sound design everything was outstanding and then the and it just slowly dis- disassociates itself into just wanting to be filler it has a horrible climax the, it's just, it's just very, it's look, underwhelming. yeah. And I mean, if we don't, he goes for it. It's part one, but he's not going to get that part two, in my opinion, which is actually, you know, unfortunate. Um, we'll do Halloween Kills. It's getting absolutely torn apart, ironically enough, as a slasher. Um, but it's exactly what it, does, it says on the tin. It does feel like very hollow, like it has nothing to say about itself.
2: It's like the, you know, it's it's a part one because the first movie was very self-contained. This one is the sequel. Starts right after, and it leads. To nowhere, to a shocking climax.
1: It doesn't have, it doesn't have a, it's like, it's like at the two towers, isn't it? It doesn't really have an opening, it doesn't really have an ending, it's just there. And, it, it and was it, the it, tower was But it, it, this doesn't promise anything in a third part as well, which is very interesting. It just feels like to make something for the sake of making it, which is interesting, because it's not like they're going to lose um, the rights. Um, what We watched um I watched *A Hole in the Fence* as well, which was one of the most frightening films I've ever seen. I know that Carson really enjoyed it as well. But it's about like a group of Spanish kids who go up to a religious retreat and try to find God with a few school campers. Um, And there's a a twist in it, don't get me wrong, but um, it's absolutely brutal. It's the most horrifying film I've seen this year. It was so scary, it was unbelievable. Um, I've got a few more, but most of them are generally terrible. Um, yeah super brief in just one minute, but I I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was boring. I thought for any film at the festival to, to nap, which someone next to me in Dune fell asleep, a woman, I was generally like appalled that no one had fallen asleep around me. Um the iconography is poor, the tone is shit, uh, the performances are poor aside from Thomas and Mackenzie, everything is just iconography and it's downright atrocious. I wasn't scared, I wasn't thrilled, um, I wasn't entertained. I think the cinematography is flat, I think the story is poor. It just didn't live up to anything whatsoever. It was, it was incredibly poor, in my opinion. Um, but what else do we need to do really quick there? Um, the Last Jewel. We'll end on The Last Jewel. Yeah. Um, it's getting slated. It's getting two parts. I think more so it's, it's rather the positive than the negative. Um, it isn't a Me Too movement film whatsoever as much as I think people want to sort of condemn it for that. I don't think this film is trying to do much about that, although in my review I do suggest that it does imp- implement an ideology where it's quite clearly showcasing men have not changed in 700 years, uh, which is generally horrifying, but I suppose that's sad our... Sad reality. Yeah, sad reality of the, of the case. Um, it's a very different release scott film. It, 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 there's no scale here. There's no scope. It's internalised scope. It's all about thematics Rashomon-inspired uh, screenplay, three chapters of the prologue and an epilogue, uh, taking three different perspectives of, of one element that, that occurs to uh, Lady uh, Ma- Margaret, played by Jodie Comer, who is exhilarating in this film. She was she, she showcased that she can do the blockbuster in Free Guy, but she can showcase that she's a really good actress here. Matt Damon is, is good. Adam Driver is excellent. Ben Affleck is, is a blood cameo, but he's in it a lot more than you'd expect. Um, he's, he, he's quite decent in it as well. The score is so wonderfully implemented, uh, the editing is good, and Scott, that's eighty-four, showcases that he can he can shoot the shit out of cinema still. Um, it's two and a half hours long. You don't feel it. I thought it was excellent, and it was perfectly enigmatic when it needed to be. Nice. There is controversy that will arise because the said sequence I don't want to name on here is showcased twice. The first time the camera backs off it a little bit, but it's not in her perspective. Therefore, we don't get engr- en- 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 engrossed in it. The second time we see it is in Lady Margaret's perception and it's horrifying. The camera lingers on her face. She screams. She shouts. It's terrifying to watch. It's harrowing. I feel like it overindulges a little bit because it feels almost gratuitous to a point, as Mm -hmm. we were speaking earlier. Um, But if its point is to showcase the gravity of the situation, it does so. The one thing I'm quite glad the film doesn't do, which sometimes the films like this can run into, is it doesn't ever make adam driver's character a victim it never makes the antagonist someone who was mistaken or misled mm. he is an, he, he, he indulges in his in his fantasy he he becomes in in, in ravished with this woman uh, i can understand why the, the film sort of showcases elements that he would misinterpret misinterpret sorry um but it, it shows he is a villain in this film and sometimes it can get misconstrued this film doesn't do it. But overall, just very quickly on the festival, I think it's been very good. It has. It has. Um, and we've we seen some very good cinema, um, but there's one film that's genuinely atrocious this year, which was Land of Dreams, which yes. I think was was shouldn't have been at this festival. I mean, it should not have been here. I mean, it isn't the Orizonte Extra category. We w- <laughs> have
2: more
1: movies at the festival because I, we needed them. I mean, I, I appreciate the... the, the, uh, the yeah, I mean, it's a low sci-fi budget, and it's trying to—excuse me—it's trying to talk about bigger themes. It fails, and it doesn't fail spectacular. It falls on its ass, really poorly. The screenplay's terrible. The dialogue is is, is atrocious. Just everything—the scale of it was just was was incredibly poor. That's the only film where I come away with it where I'm objectively know that, that that was not the film that should be here. But everything else, even if I've not enjoyed it per se, I've been very very happy with this festival. Very consistent. And, and again, I, I I imagine if we had this conversation tomorrow, there'd be controversy on who wins. But I think the awards will necessarily speak for themselves this year. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the catalogue they had was outstanding, especially compared to the likes of Cannes, which had like Fast and Furious and the French spit dispatch, so on and so forth. I think this had like weird elements. Like Halloween Kills was here, and Dune. Um, I don't think they'll really live long in the memory. But, but they were interesting. I mean... I watched Dune. You watched the... Uh, did you get the premiere for it? Get the press screening. The, the, the midnight screening. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it at half eight in the morning in a really good seat and we had to lock our phones in, in an Amazon fucking bag. And I thought to myself, I I'll, I'll, don't mind doing this, but I also want to do this for Halloween Kills, otherwise what we're here for. And it really isn't that spoilerish. No. If you're going in it for Zendaya, you're going to be disappointed. I think
2: Halloween Kills
1: is more spoilers than Dune. I, I don't think there's anything in Halloween Kills that's spoilerish. I don't think there's anything in Dune. <laughs> Oh, no, the one film, I'm I'm happy, the one film i had, the one film I enjoyed it, I don't think it was spoilerish. The, the one, one thing I really enjoyed, I did enjoy Hello, uh, Last Jaw. That was a crowning achievement, no pun intended. But the hand of God is outstanding and the card counter is magnificent. But I don't know what other film I would watch again. That would be very card difficult. Would you just card counter? I don't know. I don't Can know what I would watch. You know, Oh, thank you very much for listening to uh, the latest episode of Capital Guys exclusively brought to you from Lido and the yeah. Venice Film Festival. Thank you very much for listening. You can find Nicola on on the social platforms of
2: Nikki Brown eighty seven on Twitter and Instagram, and on uh, Letterbox Nicola Grasso and all the movies on enjoy the movies on YouTube and Vimeo.
1: And you can find me at Jet Luke Sharp on. Um, letterbox and twitter but more importantly subscribe to our patreon which yeah. is patreon forward slash clapper ltd um we've got a youtube uh, clapper video to, to subscribe to um like and retweet all our work on twitter um, which we're doing very well and there's, there's, there's a few more reviews to come as well to get the backlog out but um we should have a few more of these later down the year we should have a have a tiff one we should have a london film festival one so there's a lot more emerging film uh, to discuss but thank you very much for listening and uh, enjoy your day